podcast. podcast. Do do Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Four house on the hill. From Delco. Four house on the hill. Boop, oh, boop. yeah, that's a Hello, you're listening to Two Hoes from Delco, and I'm an alcoholic. Maureen, do you have an intro for today's episode? Um, I'm Maureen. How's it going? Okay, so that's Maureen, and yeah, this is Two Hoes from Delco, like uh, I just said 30 seconds ago, and we're talking about the reason why I uh, did my intro, my very clever um, intro the way I did was because we're talking about alcoholism today. Uh, that's our topic of discussion because tis the season. It's the reason for the season. Uh, alcoholism. Alcohol. Yeah. yeah. Alcohol is for every season. Dr. Ford has described you as being intoxicated at a party. Did you consume alcohol during your high school years? Yes, we drank beer. Uh, my friends and I, the boys and girls. Yes, we drank beer. I liked beer. I still like beer. We drank beer. The drinking age, as I noted, was 18, so the seniors were legal. Senior year in high school. Guys, this guy has a fucking drinking problem. I don't know. I don't want to be judgmental, but I don't know. what do you guys think? I like to beer drink. too, Brad. We yeah, we drank beer, and I said sometimes, sometimes. Say beer again. Probably had too many beers. Oh, and sometimes whoa. other people had too many beers. Take a drink every time he says beer. What we drank beer. We like beer. Mm. What do you consider to be too many beers? I don't know. Oh, somebody hasn't talked to their you know, doctor about alcoholism. Guess three. what? The answer is three. Three. Mark says, uh, blood alcohol chart. The blood alcohol chart? Oh, oh whatever your blood is on the your blood dog. alcohol chart is too much bear for bear. Uh, speaking of white cis males, our special guest today for two hosts from Delco to talk to discuss alcoholism with us is my brother Tom Heinlein. <laughs> We're really happy to have you here, Tom. Happy to be here. Uh, you don't have to like move into the mic or anything like that because I don't know if you, we don't have one. Clearly. Okay. So. <laughs> As you can tell from the audio. So. Yes. So Tom is, is going to be um, joining us as our special guest. Oh, I had a disclosure about Tom. Oh, uh, like oh this, is... this leads into the, uh, does this lead into the apology section? Um, oh, shit, where did I put it? It's a rocky start here at two girls, two hosts from Delco. As usual, as usual. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, this is what yeah. I was supposed to say. Yeah. Uh, I'm supposed to warn everyone um, that, okay, so we're, we're typically, we try not to have cis white males on the show. Do we? Yes. This is a rule I made up in my head and I never That's, told you about. I don't like that rule. That's but just, it is a cis. stupid. A cis um, male. That's not a joke audience. <laughs> <laughs> what? The hell um, is a cis? It has nothing to do with sissy. A, a cis is, um, I'm going off topic here, but you all need to know that I'm surrounded by people wearing sweatshirts, and to the right of me, the cis white male here is wearing a Duke sweatshirt, and to the left of me, the cis white female, Maureen, is wearing a Pika's Restaurant sweatshirt, and the room so cannot get more Delco at this point. Yeah. No, I just do have to point no. that out. 
But Tom, a cis male <clears throat> is a male, you're born male, that's your assigned gender when you're born, right? And you identify as male. Yes. So you're cis. Okay. So let's say you were assigned your assigned gender is male, you were born male, but you identify as female, then you would be transgender. Right. That and so that's the terminology. Got it. And we try not to have people like you on our show. Why? That doesn't make sense. Oh, the oh phone. Tom, Pull I got a fucking phone. Tom's allowed though because Tom is an alcoholic. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry for just outing you. Like no, that. that's fine. No, but, I'm, 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 we're gonna get. But to so, that. as privileged <laughs> as you are, that takes you down a notch. So you're allowed to. Oh, okay. Chat. He's cool. privileged, but he's <laughs> not. He's privileged. not a racist, like xenophobic white male. That's what we don't want to have. No, his white males are great. I love them. He's just an alcoholic white male. <laughs> so wait, real quick, and I don't mean I don't mean to get off topic. From <laughs> we about never today. do. But like, it, it, is a cis white male privileged? Racist? Yes. So then I'm not I a cis so. white male. No, I'm privileged, but I'm not a racist. Yeah, but you are racist just because you're white. No. Yeah. There's an institutional yeah, I don't, I don't racism word, right? yes, but <laughs> okay. like, no, he's not intentionally Here's, racist. Because we, Tom, we live in a racist society. You, you were born and raised in a misogynistic racist society, right? So now, granted, while you, as a well-meaning cis white male... Mm do not mean to be racist, but right. because of your privilege by ignorance, sometimes you are racist, but you don't know it. And then somebody tells you, and then okay. you're like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that. Nobody's ever told me. Hey, wait. You know, well, you're racist. really tall. I was just going to say, you're kind of a big guy. Yeah, you're kind of intimidating. I don't know really? if I would tell you if you were being racist in front of me. I wouldn't tell you. Really? No. I feel I would like... be afraid to. I would. I don't Maybe. <laughs> I feel like I'm tall, and I understand that. Uh, Tom, how tall are you? Like I'm, six five. I'm six foot six. Six foot six. Yes. That's the Satan's two is Satan's. Yeah, numbers. two is yes. Satan. All you need is one more six, and like that's Satan. And let's just not comment on what that could possibly be. Yeah. So my 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 thing. My brother. That's disgusting. <laughs> Where did you just take this? What are you talking about? Really? We'll just have to. Uh, so anyway, that, we'll bring it up in the recap next episode when Tom's not here. Yeah, and I'll just listen like I do every episode, like you should be. Too. Oh, that's what I do. I'm I listen. About. I do listen. I like it. It's good. I like it. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. my point so, was, I have never. <laughs> while I am a tall figure, I've never felt like I've been intimidating in that. Well, like you're, if you say anything to me, I'm gonna like. No. Also, even on social media, this. you're very, you're very much like. Posting about your family yes. and all love and happiness. Yes. You don't get into political discourse. Yes. Yeah, you don't get in. So I know. So you wouldn't. Right. No. Whereas someone like me, I get told I'm racist all the time because I post really? political shit. Yeah. I mean, because people will be like, Beth, you can't say that. Like one time I posted on Instagram that, oh my God, I hate my job and I this is like slave trade. Ooh, and yeah. That's a hot. That's a hot. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then guess what? Like then this other cis white female bitch got on my feet and was like, Beth, you can't say slave trade when you're talking about it because uh, like low paying labor because there's people who actually are slaves currently in this world, like in third world countries and stuff. And also um, our whole entire country is actually literally built on slavery. 
And we're indentured. So it's very insensitive of you to say that. Whereas I was just trying to point out that um, I'm pissed off about how much I don't get paid. Sure. All right. Sorry. So I so think I say shit like that all the time. This is why we have an apology section because let's apologize. I I do that. Tom's keeping us on topic. Yes. Love it. Tom's keeping us on topic. This white male coming in handy. Um, Yes. All right. So. Uh, Maureen, stop flirting with my brother. Beth. Um, so. God. <laughs> all right. Into the apologies. We, okay. Good news. There's not that many. And I think it's because April was there with us yeah, the entire time. Yeah, she was a good, time. good to mediate because she's a black person. Yeah. So she was like, shut the fuck up uh, quietly, like with her eyes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're, we're going to have to apologize about that. That's fucked up. What's fucked up? We're saying there's like not as much to apologize because April was checking us left and right. Yeah, that is fucked up. But yeah. I mean, what can you do? Well, we're sorry about that. The layers keep peeling away. I mean, I don't know what <laughs> happened. I literally just listened to the episode today and I really couldn't find too much for us to apologize for. Not that I'm the one who uh, picks out everything for us to apologize for. Marine, you kept on rushing me at the intro and I, I just wanted to say that I think you should apologize to me uh, for doing that because it's rude to rush people while they're trying to make a podcast that is structured and well-ordered and time-based, timely. No, no, I wish we would just get to the topic faster because I think if I saw the topic, I'd be like, oh, this is a topic. And then I would listen for like 10 minutes and be like, where's the topic? And then turn it off. Um, okay, well... That's fine. I accept your apology. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, the next person that wrote me is um, Starslut69 uh, wrote me and asked me to, for both of us, to apologize in general for discussing politics from the perspective of a white woman. Um, I won't apologize for that because who else's perspective am I going to discuss it from? Now, if April were here, would you say that? Yeah, I'm a white woman. I can't see it from... I mean, I can take other... Put, put myself in other people's shoes, but I'm just... I'm a white woman. That's my ultimate perspective. Well, I think you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> and I want to apologize on the behalf of all white women, women, including Marine, and as a white woman myself, for discussing politics from the perspective of my white woman-ness. And I'm straight, too. Is, is this apology section um, supposed to be a joke? No. Uh, are you kidding? Oh, okay. oh sure. my God. <laughs> you got to take Beth's apologies for cereal. The, the, <laughs> the apologizing for your wrongdoings is really important, Tom. Uh, you were raised Catholic as well. Uh, we came from the same household. Unfortunately. And, you the know. The Catholic thing, not that we came from the same I mean, I only wish that the general listening public was as forgiving um, as Jesus. But, you know, they're not. But still, we still have to say sorry to them. Hmm. I agree. No, we don't. Um, so Maureen, I said insane a lot and actually so did you in the last episode, but you also, you didn't correct me when I said insane. Don't care. Well, you really do need to correct me when I'm saying this now to, uh, uh, reiterate this. Uh, we talk about this pretty much every episode because Maureen and I fail to learn the lesson 
that saying something that is insane or crazy is disrespectful and insensitive to people with mental illness. And I am sorry for using the word insane to describe something that I think is out of this world. I'm and over it. <laughs> I am not over it, and I'm going to continue bringing it up. It's my holy crusade for mental illness, and I forget the suicide hotline phone number, but if you Google it, uh, you should, if you feel like killing yourself. Yeah, call uh, or like, I wonder, is there, there, there's gotta be hotlines just for therapy. I don't know. Uh, I wonder how many people call up the suicide hotline just to be like, I mean, I'm not actually going to kill myself, but I just need someone to talk to. They probably direct you. Happens. They probably direct you. To I imagine that room. happens. Or like a crisis center. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, way to apologize for saying the word insane and then on go onward to make it more awkward and horrible. So, uh, apologize. This is from Joe Paco 69. He's really into us. Uh, he wrote me and said, uh, oh, this is a bad one. Um, so the last episode, uh, I'm supposed to apologize for, um, you taking the the film Twelve Years a Slave, it, an Academy Award winning um, film Twelve Years a Slave, and I categorized it as a black exploitation film, which is uh, it's not a black exploitation film, and I apologize for saying that it is, but I definitely think it is a black exploitation film, but I'm sorry that uh, technically it's actually not. So, okay, um, Academy Award winning 12 Years a Slave, not a black exploitation film. And, all right, so on to the recaps. Uh, we're on to the recaps. Woo! Clap with me. Clap, 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 recap. I thought you liked dolphins. God. Um, okay, so recaps from last episode. I just wanted to bring up again that I checked out Maureen's Twitter. By the way, if you want us to uh, apologize for something or bring up something in the recap, you want to tweet at Maureen and I. We're both on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Beth Heinley, B-E-T-H-H-E-I-N-L-Y, no space, all lowercase. And Maureen's Twitter handle is at MoCom, capital M, lowercase O, capital C, U-M, lowercase, 99. No space. And I <laughs> went to Marine's Twitter, so just add us. I went, Tom, do you have a Twitter? I do. What is it? No. He doesn't want to share his Tom's Twitter. at no. Is that all lowercase, no space? Yep. Okay. And so <laughs> I checked out Marine's Twitter. Uh, I've been checking in, and it's not a competitive thing at all or anything like that, but... Uh, Maureen has like something like 2,300 followers and I have like 400 <laughs> and I've been on Twitter for like 10 years and Maureen's been on Twitter for like three months. So uh, Maureen, I thought maybe you could uh, help us out and tell us what your, what, what's your secret on how you get so many followers on Twitter? Just so follow other people. That's all. And then if they don't follow like, you back. Uh-huh. If you're not interested in them, you can delete them uh -huh. and follow other people that you're interested in, and they can follow you back. 
See, I thought about this theory too, and I also checked that out on your Twitter. And you follow only like twelve hundred people, but yet you have double the amount of followers. No, I don't. You want to know why? What? It's just the word "come" in her name. White males <laughs> Is this the blue wave you're talking about? Uh, I I have uh, my last name's Heinley though, so I could get people who are into anal sex play. Yeah, misspelling the word Heine. Those people might be into you. All right, <laughs> if you misspell the word Heine, you're gonna find me on Twitter. Or yeah, that's maybe. how it goes. Maybe. Um, all right, so. Uh, Maureen, I, um, does it smell different in here than it did, uh, do I smell different than I did the last time you saw me? No. Are you, are you sure? I'm positive. Well. I smelled you. Would you, uh, do you think about the way that I smell for hours and hours <laughs> on end? What are you talking like, about? And maybe fall asleep at nighttime and think about the way that I smell in your dreams? I don't have anything of yours. Just, that's what you're asking. Well, uh, I don't do that with you, but I would if you were Obsession, obsession. by Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein perfume obsession. Have people obsess about you for 24 hours a day and also why they, while they sleep. Smell in your dreams with Obsession by Calvin Klein. Who? Calvin Klein is our official sponsor for this week's episode of Two Hoes from Delco about alcoholism. We want to thank Calvin Klein's uh, Obsession Perfume for sponsoring, sponsoring this week's episode, episode 14, Alcoholism, Two Hoes from Delco. Maureen, do you have a jingle, maybe, you want to do for, for Calvin Klein's Obsession for our listeners? No. No. Thank Come you. on, you could do it. Also, if you're drinking your Calvin Klein obsession, you might be an alcoholic. You might be an alcoholic, yes. <laughs> That's a good point. Thank it's you. not not to be, don't drink it. Um, but if you are and you're if obsessed you're with drinking it, you're probably yeah. an alcoholic. You're probably an alcoholic if you're obsessed with drinking. But I'm still not satisfied, Marine, because you do the jingles on this show. This is a paid act. They're paying us to do this. Okay. And also, uh, okay, keep, am I? Obsession. Obsession. Obsession, 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 together, together, forever, forever. That was beautiful. Uh, so <laughs> that obsession sounds like a German expressionist like <laughs> soundtrack, which is totally cool and hip, and I'm sure they're gonna love it. They're totally love legal, that. totally cool. <clears throat> um, okay, so if you want to advertise with two hosts from Delco, just get in touch with us on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Beth Heinley, B-E-T-H-H-E-I-N-L-Y, all lowercase, no space. If you want to get in touch with Maureen about the ad rates, you can do that, but she probably won't know, and then no, you'll get just in touch to with me. But if you prefer to talk to Maureen, it's at MoCom, capital M, lowercase O, underscore, no, capital C, lowercase U-M, 99, all space, uh, I mean, no space, and that's Maureen's Twitter handle, so you can get in touch with us for advertising. 
And um, thank you again to Calvin Klein for sponsoring this week's episode. Okay, so uh, the other recaps I have. we So April Aguilard, which we had mentioned before, is um, uh, our black friend who we had on the <laughs> podcast last weekend. And she uh, is extremely intelligent to the point where she's, like, experiencing uh, in real life an episode of Gilmore Girls. Like, just the references that that um, April streams, like, just in conversation, I can never keep up. So I went through and I picked out some things that um, I April said that I actually had no idea what she was talking about, but I've gotten really good at it. You just keep on nodding. And just go, <laughs> or, yeah, you laugh awkwardly, like what you just did. Like, because you're, uh, like, it's like... <laughs> really awkward. Yeah, it was yeah. really awkward. Yeah. You're stupid. Uh, and um, so, uh, at April, also, by the way, April doesn't like Gilmore Girls. Okay, just to put that out there, she would be really upset if I compared her to a Gilmore Girl episode. So I'm just saying she does not like Gilmore Girls. Onwards. Okay, April's saying, April mentioned, um, we were talking about crossplay, and she said, that's like some kabuki shit. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah, Tom, do you know what kabuki is? Nope. Okay, well, I looked it up, because I didn't either, and but I did once I looked it up. That happens to me all the time. Yeah. You just didn't know what it was called? Yeah. Like, it's it's 17th century uh, Japanese theater, and it's costuming. Oh, okay. So it's like a bizarre, Actually, it's like bizarre costuming sort mm-hmm. of um, things. And uh, and I, that's what, like, she was talking about. Um, <clears throat> and then April said, when, when I insinuated that perhaps maybe the apology section is not people writing into us, but me writing into myself to ask us to apologize for things, which is not true. People do write us, and I never do that. And she said, did you just Regina George yourself? And I had no idea what she was talking about, and I didn't ask. I just, I, I just laughed. I and think I didn't know what she said. Do you know who Regina George is? No. I do Tom, mean girls. take it away. Yeah, Tom knows. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, so she said... Is that my guy right yeah. there? Dang <laughs> That's, uh, Gus wants to have spaghetti for dinner. <laughs> uh, okay, so, uh, with that, uh... Tom, what did Regina, because also I never saw uh, Mean Girls. That's surprising. Well, I feel like I've seen parts of it, but I actually, like, I didn't think it was as funny as everyone thought it was funny. And then also, I don't like Tina Fey. We've been through this before. I think Tina Fey is a bitch. Oh, local. And I hate her. And so, I don't like Tina Fey. Anything that she writes, produces, has anything to do with, I boycott. Cool. So why don't you tell me what's what is why would she say I Regina George to myself? Um, I, no, I want to know what she was referring like. What oh, you were because saying, I right? was say, I like catfished myself, like because I'm writing apologies yeah, um, about me. I really don't know. I know the name Regina George because I host uh, Quizzos uh, trivia okay, nights throughout the city, right. and she's been an answer. To some uh, of my trivia questions. I guess Tom needs to do a fucking plug here. No, I'm just saying. No, go ahead, Tom. Talk about what you do for a living. Uh, <laughs> I'm a DJ. Yeah, where do you DJ? Because we're in Delco. We're in Philadelphia. 
Everyone listening is from Philadelphia. Not They're probably not everyone. Florida, uh, Florida. No, I'm not here to plug anything. I, I'm just, you know, yeah. You okay. can uh, find my company on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Press Play DJs. Press Play DJs. Yep. That's a clever name. My Instagram <laughs> is Press Play I the DJ. Right. Okay. Press Play the Press Play the DJ. That's Instagram. Is that a capital P or all lowercase? All lowercase. All one word. No space. Yep. Press Play the DJ. Wow, you must have got in early on that name. Yeah, I, I guess like, I did. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, mean, uh, that's, I, was, that's good. I was pretty lucky with that. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying, like, it's it's a pop culture reference. A lot of quizzes, pop culture, you know. <clears throat> okay, so I just well, I know the name. That's thanks all. for wasting yeah. uh, our time. And <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know I what Regina George did. <laughs> I know because I, even though I haven't seen Mean Girls, went to the Wikipedia page. They also have a wiki fan um, page as well. And I checked out Regina George and what she did. So basically, Regina George had this like, fuck you. Not not you. My telephone cannot help but be connected to my computer. I'm sorry about that. Uh, so she there was this thing called the burn book. And she wrote down all her enemies and how she hates these people. And I guess she's going to do shit to them. And then... Um, what's her face with the redhead who's who's an alcoholic, Lindsay Lohan. Oh yeah. Um, uh, stole the burn book and was like releasing all the secrets that this girl wrote in this book to like sabotage her. But she ended up sabotaging herself because she wrote herself in the book, knowing that Lindsay Lohan had found it and was like exposing all her secrets. So that's Regina Georgian yourself. Hmm. And I also want to give credit to April. I think it's the first time anyone in the history of pop culture referencing has called what I did to myself, Regina Georging yourself. So from now on, I'm going to try to, April, I'm going to carry that torch for you. And anytime somebody catfishes themselves or something like that, I'm going to, I'm going to call it a Regina George. Great job for you, April. Good job, April. Uh, okay, what, do, I, do I have any more April? Oh, okay, another April recap is, uh, she said, oh, being all obsessive like Jodi Arias, and I, again, I just, uh, I, there was a moment, uh, I just let it slide. Yeah, I had no idea what same, she was talking about. Same. Jodi Arias, do you know who that says? Okay, great. I mean, this is, April should have her own podcast for people who are extremely fast and smart like she is. <laughs> this and, is the Stupid People podcast. Yeah, there, two hosts from Delco, duh, you're listening to the Stupid People podcast. <laughs> so Jody Arias uh, murdered her boyfriend. And uh, I actually did know this when I looked it up. I was like, oh, I mean, I watched so much true crime that I don't even remember anyone's name. I don't remember anyone's name anyway, but Jodi Harris was like, uh, dated this Mormon dude. She was obsessed with him. He was getting his kinky Mormon sex from her, but he wasn't kinky Mormon yeah. sex. Well, non-Mormon because Mormons don't have sex. So he was having his non-Mormon. What's she talking about? <laughs> he was having his non-Mormon. Hey, I'm listening. I'm listening to audiobook Norman Mailer's um, Executioner song. Well, that sounds really interesting. There's a lot of Mormon sex in it. Okay. It is really interesting. So what do the Mormons do for sex? And it's also a true crime. Well, they, they have this special underwear that they wear all the fucking time. And then there's like a little flap where they show their genitals and that's how they fuck. 
Okie dokie. Anyway, <laughs> and non-Mormon Mormon sex is the way all the rest of us do it, which is take with no clothes flap on. flap down. Take that flap down, baby. <laughs> so, in any case, uh, he was having non-Mormon sex with her and not committing because, obviously, she is a filthy slut. He, he wasn't going to marry her. But she was obsessed with him. She ends up hooking up with him again. And um, he gets in the shower. She starts taking sexy pictures of him. And he turns around and she stabs him in the back. And she stabs him several times. And then she also, like, shoots him in the head or something. Wow. She's in prison. And she's our age. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Isn't that nice? Um, the next uh, recap, the RPF. I was trying to, uh, I was talking about Supernatural and the prop replication forum that I frequented when I was making Supernatural props and I failed to remember the name. It's called the RPF.com and it's capital T, lowercase h, lowercase e, capital R, capital P, capital F, all space, dot com. And basically it's a forum where people who make prop replications from television shows, movies, pop culture, but it's, it's set up like a chat room so you can like source and share materials with each other, like how people make certain props and stuff like that. And another great um, thing that I used it for was in the Supernatural forum part of the RPF, Supernatural fans post screenshots from episodes. So that way, if you're looking for a good screenshot of a particular uh, prop or item, but you don't feel like going through uh, 14 seasons over 300 episodes of Supernatural to find it, you can find it very easily on the RPF forum, which I think is excellent. So I cannot um, praise this website enough. It's really great. And then also I met other Supernatural fans and I meet other prop replica fans on there. So I've made a lot of friends on the RPF, which is really important. And, okay, so I forgot to mention, I was set, talking about how I'm obsessed with James Dean. I forgot to mention that I actually own a, a piece of artwork of James Dean's. What is it? It's a, um, it's a bullfighter. And because James Dean was actually a painter and, and a good drawler. And so he's a, he was an artist. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was really into bullfighting. And I, it's not obviously an original James Dean artwork because I can't afford that. But it's a print. It's a, it's a lithograph from the original. And uh, I'm very happy to own it. I can't ever hang it up because actually it is really, it's really ugly. And not to say that it's not well drawn. It's just not but attractive. It's, it's just not attractive. It's like I am not that into bullfighting personally, so it doesn't really reflect my aesthetic interests, but I just own it because James Dean made it. And the other thing, I used to have James Dean edition sunglasses. Ooh. I lost them. That's horrible. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I just wanted to put in here just to make sure you didn't know this, but we don't research. We just think about things in our mind. In our minds. In our minds uh, before the podcast. That's how we do it. Uh, <laughs> and so then we, uh, moving on, the woman who jerks off dolphins. Yeah. Uh, her name is Margaret <laughs> Ho. No, I swear, her middle name's Ho. Oh, I believe you. Love it. Sounds like a Ho to me. And that is the marine biologist who jerked off dolphins. And the uh, she also has an article in Hustler. This was like in the 70s that this came out. And furthermore, in my research, I found that the dolphin's name was Peter. And shortly after she moved out um, from living with him and, and 
where she like jerked him off every day. He killed himself. The dolphin did. How did he do it? I don't. I. He drowned himself. <laughs> <laughs> he just plugged up his blowhole and down he went. But I. I'm sorry, but like. I mean, we were talking about how intelligent dolphins are, and he, this dolphin straight up killed himself when she moved out. Wait, he really did? He really did. I'm not making this up. Did he, wait, he doesn't have wrists to slit. <laughs> uh, oh, hold on, here. I have the article here, here Marine. Slit. Where, where is it? Slit his gills. Uh... Uh, oh, here it is. Okay. Oh, look how happy she is with them. <clears throat> um, Peter the dolphin fell in love with her, and when she left at the experiment's end, he committed suicide. What? Oh, and the heavy doses of LSD they pumped into him to try to see what the drug would do to dolphins might have been a factor. <laughs> um, but it doesn't say how he killed himself. That's weird. Anyway, um, he's dead now. R.I.P. Peter. Okay, we're almost done. We're almost done. Last recap. Woo! Uh, the last recap is we kept on calling the family circus the family circle. And it's because the comic is famous for its frame being a yeah, single circle. I, I confuse it too. Um, but it's actually the family circus. Circus. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, we apologize. No, we're not going to say sorry for that. Oh, I have a recap. We it's a recap. Oh, Marine has a recap. This has got to be this is the first time this has ever happened. The Obsession perfume, the the company that used to make the fake perfumes, the cheaper perfumes was called Designer Imposters, I believe. Oh, and this also I forgot. Um and the, I just thought of that in my mind. I have to verify that. The name, the name of the town in Desperate Living, where all the homeless people lived, was called Mortville. Oh, I remember that. <clears throat> so, well, you remember it now, right? Mm -hmm. See, this is what I'm saying. That, that happens to me all the time. Yep. Um, okay, so we're done. We're going now into the actual podcast. We only have about 20 minutes left. Uh, to talk about alcoholism. Is that true? Yes, it's absolutely true. Uh, we are talking about alcoholism. And uh, basically, uh, I and just want to... because I'm an alcoholic. Marine's an alcoholic. Marine's an alcoholic. Tom's an alcoholic. Can I say that I'm an alcoholic? No. If you want, I don't give a shit what you say. I think I have a... Only I you, think I have a, uh, I only you can decide. As an alcoholic. You would be offended by that? Absolutely. Yeah, because okay. you can well, just you have, have a beer. If you believe you are an alcoholic, um, you by all means can say you're an alcoholic. But well, if you're doing I have it my own issues. I'm fun. not doing it to be funny. Well. But I do want to say and remind you that this is a comedy podcast. Great. And that it's hashtagged comedy. And it should be funny. So while we are talking about alcoholism, I want you to be um, constantly Hilarious. aware that you're, you're supposed to be funny. So far, so good. <laughs> okay, so, um, so I mean, I would say here's the thing. Uh, my, I'm not an alcoholic per se. That uh, my life is in ruins, and I'm not like I need a drink every day. 
but I have I have problems with alcohol. So I want to be the person on the podcast for the for the people who are teetering on the edge, people tuning in who maybe have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol and aren't ready to really admit that. Because, like for instance, you're not supposed to have over five drinks a week. Okay. That's unhealthy. Got it. You're gonna get you're gonna get like cirrhosis of the liver. You're gonna get cancer. You're gonna die if you drink over five drinks uh, uh, a week. And I drank close to twenty, sometimes thirty drinks a week. Now, which your, is your five drinks a week is according to who? Uh, my doctor. Your doctor. Your personal doctor. Well, not also <laughs> doctors. Like I've I've been to a lot of doctors, and they always say that. Right. Um, so not just one doctor, but several doctors that I've seen. Three drinks a day is three, more than three drinks a day is is uh, is a medical issue, medical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so but, I, but yeah, be, ideally you would be on the average for that. Yeah, I'm on the average right. um, consumer, and, and it depends like, on what I you're consuming. And women Sometimes less too. too. We, women can drink a lot less than men actually, like way less. I've heard um, the wine thing where it's it's not. It's well, like there, yeah, like one I, twice a day. I had like I do have like one or two glasses of wine with my dinner. Yeah, that's like to me a normal person. Yes. Okay. I would. I would guess. But yes. I mean, that's I guess I don't believe yeah. alcoholism is about the amount you consume. It's about what happens after you consume it. Yeah, and like the obsession and the mm -hmm. loss of control and yes. the impulsiveness and the Calvin destruction right. and the frequency. Yes. In which that happens. It's not so much about, oh, I can I had five beers mm -hmm. five days in a row. I'm an alcoholic. No. Okay. No. But I would say sometimes I come home from work and I'm like, I really need a drink. And normally when I'm like that, then I'll be like, I need to not drink. Because that's but yeah, and up. you can make that decision. Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. difference. An alcoholic yeah. cannot decide anymore. Like you can And ultimately can't at the end of the day, uh, nobody anywhere on this planet is uh, within their right to call somebody else an alcoholic, in my opinion. Oh my God, I called both you and Marie an alcoholic. Because we are, no, you didn't just make it up. You didn't just decide to. Oh, okay. Like, I don't think it's anybody else's responsibility or right to call somebody else an alcoholic. Only the That's person really point. who has the problem mm -hmm. or has the disease, because I also believe it's a disease, Mm -hmm. can confirm that they are, in fact, an alcoholic. Well, how do you talk to a friend who you think is an alcoholic then without calling them an alcoholic? Very carefully. Very carefully. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not that's saying that's something it's, a, I it's can't not against do. the law for you to be like, hey, you're an alcoholic. I, I think you need help. That's whatever. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. That's, but that's, that's a not word gonna you use really, to describe the person. But that's not really going to help them. Your brother... Your other brother, am I allowed to say people's names? Um, who also it's you who preceded both of us. I don't think he that. cares, but it's I think it's important to not out people if they're not here. He's right. never going to listen to this, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's not the point though. But it anyway, not there is a person I mean, who was like a very popular friend to me who used to who was already in the program at like a twelve step program mm. and would say to me like he would just drop hints all the time and just be like. Give you looks, like you know when you're fucking drink. I don't even remember. Like you, you know when your drinking is out of hand. Like uh -huh. you know it on some level. Yeah. And when I'm talking, I mean, this was like probably five years before I ever went to rehab or something. You know what I mean? There were things. It was very as apparent. Well. Yeah. Yep. It was very apparent and very subtle. Yes, it's always things. like it was really never, because I never had the intervention sit down. You're like the TV shows you see. You yeah. know, we're gonna take you to rehab. No, I never went to rehab. 
uh, I went straight to uh, um, a 12 step uh, program. And for me, uh, you know, the person has to want it. Okay. So you can talk to a person in your life all you want about, Hey, you have a problem. I think you're an alcoholic. I think you have a drinking problem, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But ultimately there's nothing that you can do. That's going to make that person, unless you haven't free That's mm -hmm. going to make that person go and get the help. You mm -hmm. have to want to get the help. Yeah. You have to feel so desperate down and out and that there's nothing else you can do, but get help. Which is part so, of the thing that sucks about being an alcoholic yeah. is a lot of the time before you really are able to say, yes, I'm an alcoholic and I need assistance in my life. Um, yeah, I think that's the same with, like, even if, well, what's the difference between, is alcoholism a mental illness? Because I also often think, like, so, yeah, like somebody who's mentally ill needs help, but sometimes, you, like, if you're in it, you don't. Well, you don't it depends who you know. ask. Yeah, so alcoholism has been recently, I'd say within the last few years, mm -hmm. um, you know, not, a, not that's not a direct you know, quote of anything, but it is um, it is categorized as a mental illness. Yes. Like alcohol use disorder, I think. Al they call it, yeah, alcohol. Like it's that. alcoholism. It is it is a mental health. And a lot of disorder. people. Also, who uh, abuse alcohol are suffering from depression yeah. or some other form of mental illness. I would say that that's it. safe to say that there's also some other form of mental uh, illness yeah. in, in most alcoholics. I can only speak for myself that mm -hmm. that is the case. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can't speak for every single alcoholic there is in the world that they also suffer from mental illness. I know a lot of alcoholics uh, in my life that uh, do not suffer from mental illness. Mm -hmm. uh, alcoholism is the only, and addiction, I do believe they're different. Um, they so they don't suffer from any other mental illness, whether it be depression, schizophrenia, mm -hmm. anxiety disorders. They are just an alcoholic and you know that's that's their life. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say every. Yeah, and it's also difficult too. I mean, for me being someone, they call it dual diagnosed. Mm -hmm. So someone who has a substance use disorder plus like depression or anxiety or something else, something else. Um, so it's harder to treat sometimes. It's harder to treat people because so, <laughs> there are disagreements about like which drugs should be used for certain people that have a substance abuse disorder. Um, and it, it's really difficult for like to navigate that for me anyway, like as someone who was trying to go to like a psychiatrist and then also trying to like not put drugs in my body and getting that different messages about like what's okay, what's going to help oh, me. Because yeah. especially when you first get sober, it's terrifying. You're terrified you're going to relapse. And like you just hear all these different people telling you all these different things and it's very, very confusing. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Like, um, for instance, if you are suffering from depression or something like that, or even if you are suffering, uh, for, from alcoholism and you're coming off this, it's a drug, essentially a mind altering drug that you've been using to treat yourself. And all of a sudden you're coming off it. Like, don't you need something like prescribed so, to help you? Through? Depends who you ask. Depends who you ask. Yeah, so I mean, when I got sober, um, which was in 2011, um, all right. <laughs> Seven no. years. Yes. Woo! Yeah! 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 Woo! 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 
and jingle. Seven years, no more beers. Seven years, that's how like Bob Dylan. No more beers. Seven years, no more beers. Seven years, no more beers. No more. It's all clear. <laughs> it's all clear. It's been seven years. I'm just stealing Marines' good rhymes. And then... uh, no. So what I was gonna say is, um, for me, when I got sober, I was on uh, Clonopin. Uh, uh, which, you know, many people will tell you is uh, a narcotic. Um, I did not abuse yeah. this narcotic. Um, I do not identify, speaking of identify, uh -huh. I do not identify as a, as a drug addict or an addict. Uh -huh. um, I identify as an alcoholic only. Yeah. Uh, there are, Marie was discussing dual diagnosis where, and I don't even like the word diagnosis. I don't, I personally don't feel like this is something a doctor could say, hey, sorry, I got a bout of alcoholism. I just don't buy that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, for me, I was okay, responsibly taking my clonopin when I got sober. Uh, two years in, I came off of the medicine responsibly with the doctor and mm -hmm. weaned off of it, and it was fine. There was no withdrawal. There was no seizures or anything that. Could and happen. you took clonopin, and it was like you felt normal. So like, that was that was. I was guess like you could say. You? So when I've I, taken it before because you used to take mm -hmm. it, and you gave me one once. You gave me one after our house got broken into or something, yeah. and I was like mm -hmm. really upset. And it knocked me the fuck out. Well, I couldn't believe it. I was like, whoa. So one of those things, the first time you take it, it will do that. But if oh, you're okay. on, like, because you're talking like all through my twenties, I was on clonopin because I horrible anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. in the end, when I was finally trying to stop drinking, I started to abuse the clonopin. But like, mm -hmm. that was like the interesting thing. Like that was one drug that like, I like I would just take it if I wanted to try to abuse it. I would fall asleep, like, if I took a second one. But, like, I would just take it, and it made me feel normal. But then when I – what ended up happening was when my drinking got, like, super heavy, I would take Clonopin or whatever kind of benzo I could get my hands on during the next day to keep the shakes away and stuff like that. So, for mm. me, it, like – I identify, like, wow. as an addict. Like, I've been mm -hmm. addicted to different substances. I'm addicted to – I've had issues with spending money, food mm. – all those things, like, and including alcohol and, like, my addiction to alcohol. It's weird because it's its own thing, but, like, it is very much, like, connected with other things that, like, I use to sort of, like, get out of my feelings or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's um, your escape. It's, yeah. It's so, your escape from reality. Yeah, and I right. can escape in, in so many different ways. Yeah, so for me, you know... It's, tough. it's about finding healthier ways. Exactly. Right. To so deal with your feelings. For me. Read like a romance novel. I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for me. You I know, meant fantasy. I'm, I'm on medication today mm -hmm. and, and now. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I came off the clock two years into my recovery and, and sobriety and then, you know, went. And also you were as what well, you were in therapy as well. Correct. Yes. I mean, I do believe the best way for a medicine to work is with therapy. Um, just taking yeah, it. I, I that's a great point. I don't think I agree it, with you there. It's, uh, it's, it's very healthy to just take a medicine and think poof, it's going to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. You have to seek out therapy as well to talk about these things. So I was doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I came off quad was continuing with therapy Three years go by, and now I'm five years sober, and, and things happen in life, and, and mm -hmm. it got hard, and, and I started to have anxiety and depression again. So I was put on medicine, and then this time, 
Uh, having had told my doctor that I have alcoholism, um, I was never, you know, diagnosed. It was, I told him, mm -hmm. um, it was, um, it, it was thought that I should not have what Marine described as a benzo, um, uh, Kalanapin, uh, Xanax, things of that nature. Hmm. Um, so I was put on a non-narcotic. Okay. And, and for me, I've never had a Percocet in my entire life. That's interesting. Do you think it's the, because of the medical beliefs of that doctor? Yes. I okay. do believe he thinks they're connected. So okay. two years sober, I have uh, a surgery in which I require pain medicine. Mm -hmm. In which I'd never taken before. I never had a broken bone, bunch of stitches, but never anything mm -hmm. broken where I was going to need pain meds. Uh, so I took those sober responsibly. It's not something I would recommend for everybody because I do believe it's more common to be a, a, an addict as well as an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, for some reason, it just doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, would I test that by saying, ah, just give me whatever benzo you got? No, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did take these Percocets. I did take them responsibly. And when I didn't feel I needed them anymore, I didn't take them. And there were some left in the bottle. Many would say, no addict would leave it. No, would leave. I wouldn't. There would be zero. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's leaving Percocets. Now that yeah. you're know or two, there would be no yeah. Percocets. <laughs> right. Oh, I, I, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. But I, I, it's, you know... Um, like I, I had yeah. Percocets for when my pinky got like broken off and sure. back on and um, I took them till, you know, I didn't need them. There was some left sure. over, but then I did save those and then I recreationally or whatever, recreationally then took them when I went camping. Sure. And I shared them with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice to do. You're, good. Mean, you're nice, you're, you're Seth. That's like fun. <laughs> It's great. Super good friend. Did you swallow or snort? No, I we she I chewed first off I cut it. I seriously had like two, and I cut it into quarters, and we literally uh, just took it because we hiked like thirty plus miles. So, so there were like it was like a pain. It was like a pain reliever. Oh, okay. That's literally yeah. Like, it was like an Advil. Yeah. Yeah. Although better. So pointless. Yeah. Makes you feel. Makes you forget your pain. Uh So yeah. So. <laughs> That's going to be the next Advil is going to be not or the next advertisement. Excuse Makes me. you forget your pain. Can you compare us to a quarter of a turd? <laughs> Doesn't take away the pain. Makes Just you forget, forget it. it. So, yeah. What other questions? What else? Okay. Well, why don't you uh, talk about what you said it's like personal for everyone. You can't call anyone an alcoholic. They need to see it for themselves. So, and typically I've heard this moment described as a rock bottom moment. So what, or, or in, as it's described in Pulp Fiction, a moment of clarity. Mm. Oh, mm -hmm. there you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, we, I don't like Quentin Tarantino though. Okay. That's fine. Maybe you don't have to. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so what was your moment of clarity then? For me? Yeah. Um, without getting, um, can I real quick say though, too, because I get this a lot because I have two brothers, one who shall not be named because they're not here that, um, are both, um, identify and well, whatever they're alcoholics. We are both alcoholics. And, uh, but, uh, and I am not, I'm like, <laughs> you know, no. uh, the youngest, and I'm also not an alcoholic, but right. when uh, I've seen both of my brothers go through this, and mm -hmm. it's a different, um, it's, it's different for, for both of them. Yep. They are not the same 
Mm-hmm. Alcoholism is not something that you're just like, oh, they're like this. And I would say George is the... Damn it! <laughs> you're insane! I mean, <laughs> that was insane! I just, I meant, I just Regina George myself. And... Get that apology was ready. Um, but, like... He is the stereotypical story you hear about alcoholism. The, sure. The story you see on the episode 911. Yes, <laughs> the story, the story that's see, in the movies. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I think yours I related um, very is, much. is, I think, but it's different. I related very much to Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. I haven't seen it yet. Me neither. Okay, drinking but, in that movie, I was like, wow. Yeah, with your uh, beard, you kind of look like him in it. In the movie. Say that more. <laughs> yeah, Tom looks like Bradley Cooper. And also an alcoholic. This is so sweet. I mean, it's hot too. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's kind of a bad boy, but he's reformed. <laughs> Actually, speaking of that. Hey, yeah. hey. Like, not to <laughs> call anybody else anything, but, you know. Hey, sweet, um, yeah. So. Anyway, go ahead. The moment that you talked about. I was about, just trying to redo the Star is Born Instagram ad, and you guys all just talked over me. Oh, that was a Maybe you did the Instagram <laughs> ad over us talking. That's, That's not how I see it. She's moment. That's not how I see it! <laughs> Sorry about You're offending me! This is offensive! That. Hey. Hey. Moment of desperation. Hey. Clarity. Hey. Hey. I just want to get no look at you. Do it. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. Go there ahead. You go. So we, uh, uh, or I, um, mm-hmm. was married at the time, and for me, a lot of the drinking that I had done was very much alone. Um, would start out the night with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, would end um, by myself most of the time. Um, you know, they call it the Irish exit. I would just kind of not do- to be insulting, but I think we should. Gus is coming on. Yeah. And it's gonna. I think we should act like we're talking about him. Okay. And be really awkward, and then we'll be able to completely concentrate on your story. Okay. So from what I've seen, from my perspective, yeah, of him, I think he has a problem. A major problem with and it. Yeah. That's why we're here today. Actually. With that thing, yeah, we have to talk and to him I about the thing he's got a major problem with. I've heard interventions are very good. Uncomfortable though. I'm no, really and I nervous. really appreciate you guys coming to um, to do this with me because it's really because hard. that's your boyfriend. Yeah. Gus. Yes. <laughs> 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 Is this a prank podcast now? <laughs> Anyway, so I, I was married at the time, so there was finally somebody around to be like, hey man, like you seem to be drinking a lot and not coming yeah. home and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it was brought to my attention. And you one- said this, again, this was by yourself. Yes. Because that's where I would say, for me, on the outside, outside looking, looking in, in right. you don't see it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's for our mom, you know, sometimes when, you know, she just still to this day doesn't believe, you yeah. know, like, ah, good George. Our brother. Regina George. Regina George uh, was, was a very visual uh, 
his disease was visual. Oh yeah, see it. Like, yeah. Uh, for me, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. Um, there were health scares and things. There's a lot of things my family doesn't know, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. even to this day, uh, about my drinking and, and the things that went on. So anyway, um, so it was brought to my attention after a long night out and coming home at seven in the morning. I should probably seek help. Uh, sought help from our brother. Mm-hmm. Went to a twelve-step meeting. Um, left, uh, stayed there for 10, went to meetings for 10 days, didn't like it. Uh, went back to drinking mm-hmm. about 30 days later, thrown out of the house for like the second or third time, possibly. Um, those numbers could be skewed. I don't remember when, so I, left and when I was kicked out. Your ex-wife at the time saw a lot of it. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Um, and I went to, uh, uh, stay with a friend. Uh, one night we were drinking after a softball game at a bar, uh, one by one. The teammates were leaving at 2 a.m. and I'm alone in a bar. And just me, no other customers, bartender. And I want one more. I went back to my buddy's house and I start drinking pretty much everything in sight. Yeah. It's about 4.30 in the morning and I'm very grateful that I remember all of this because there are some that you'll talk to who don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that I remember this. Uh, and I just remember uh, breaking down. Uh, I was on his back porch. It was like, he had like this uh, deck. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was drinking and I just remember breaking down and crying and, um, and it was just a moment of, I can't live like this anymore. It was just a, I describe it as a desperate moment, as a, um, a lonely moment. Um, and a, 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 not, not necessarily scary. It was almost like, I can't live like this anymore. I've made up, a, I've made a decision in my head that I need to do something yeah, about some, this drink. A switch flips in your head. Right. The next day I called my now sponsor. Um, and said I needed help and, uh, started going to meetings, uh, at a 12 step program and I've been sober ever since I continue to do the things that are suggested of me by that fellowship. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel that it's, I, I feel that, um, helping other people is the best way for me to continue to stay sober. Like oh, okay. helping other alcoholics is the best way for me to stay sober. Making meetings uh, at these at these fellowships, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it's you know you'll get your God people. You'll get your not. I'm not a God person. Um, I don't think my views are as <laughs> as atheist as yours. Um, there's an atheist spectrum. There's an atheist spectrum. Really? Sure. Yeah. I would imagine so. Yeah. I thought if you're an atheist, you just don't believe in God. No, because then there's like no, agnostic. there's agnostic. There's, yeah, there's like a whole. Yeah, agnostic is believing in a higher power, but not believing in God. Not necessarily. I mean, so you say agnostics say agnostics say agnostics say or atheists say there's no uh, God. There's no God, faith. and we know there's no God. Yeah. Religious say there is a God. Yeah, yeah. You both make up the answer. Yes. Right. Neither one of you know for for sure. But yeah, you're right. both making up the answer. Yeah. Agnostics yeah. say we don't know. Yes, okay. and we don't, and we can't know. That's it what sounds I mean, like we can't know. you're arguing that being agnostic is the best. Correct. And agnostic <laughs> is the best. That's why I'm here today to tell you all agnostic. Direct agnostic. <laughs> if you're not agnostic, you're gonna die. We're <laughs> going to hell. Um, uh, so yeah. Okay, so anyway, so, that, the point is that that's what happened. That's what I've continued to do. Yeah. And you know, and and that's. That's my story. I'm just what, uh, Marine, what was your moment of clarity? Oh, God. I feel like I've had a lot of them, and I don't know. I guess I'll I'll just talk about, like, my most recent one. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
let's see. Well, in 2011, I originally went to rehab, got sober and all this. All this. I was sober for like five years and then I just ended up relapsing recently. And um, I have a job that I really love actually. And I had met a guy and um, both of those things, I really liked having them in my life. And it just got to a point where I knew um, that if I kept drinking, I couldn't have those things. And I just had to make a decision and I ended up calling rehab. Um, would you say wait, the decision, so this was wrapped up in a relationship? No, 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 like, no, no. Well, I, I'm saying, like, I liked, I had worked for, like, this job that I have. And, mm -hmm. like, I had met a guy who I really liked. And mm -hmm. I knew that, like, this was, a, like, a positive relationship. Yeah. And my job was a positive thing in my life. And I knew that both of those things I was going to lose, like, in the next week or two if I didn't go to rehab. Oh, wow. You know what I okay. mean? I, yeah. And also, where I work is where I live, so I would have lost my home. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I would have lost everything. And um, I think that this time, as opposed to the first time I got sober, which was a very dramatic, but like this time it was much more of kind of that switch going off in my own head where mm -hmm. I was like, I was fucking miserable drinking. It's not like I was going out yeah, and I mean, having a party. I was like waking up in the morning drinking, sticking my head in the freezer, drinking vodka to yeah. not shake. Yeah. You know, like that's how my alcoholism is. And I, it's a very, very physical addiction for me. And um, I tried multiple times over like the year that after I had like started drinking again, I tried multiple times. I actually went to a hospital at one point to the emergency room and got like all these like IVs and stuff to like get the alcohol out of my system. And I lasted like three days and then I started drinking again. Yeah. And um, that's the mental yeah part yeah and it's, it, it's yeah. the mental obsession and but like also for me like it feels so physical um, and there's just like this feeling that I can't get rid of unless I drink like and you know it, that's what it felt like you know what I mean but mm -hmm. if, if I already had been drinking like if I drank last night I wouldn't be able to not drink today like it wouldn't be a fucking option and mm -hmm. you know that yeah. <laughs> you know me I, like how I am with it yeah. Um, but so I had to like go to rehab to get out of like the physical, that like immediate physical addiction and that like immediate, like, I mean, I would have to, I would wake up like once every couple hours and have to go like drink vodka to stay asleep, you know, mm -hmm. like toward the end. It yeah. wasn't something that like it was a routine and it was just all my life revolved around was like making sure that like I stayed, that I stayed having alcohol in my system. I wouldn't even say drunk because I how long would you say drunk. it took to for you like from high school like because we all drank in high school fifteen like, years especially fifteen years is like it, it's it's to where you were physically like oh my god I need this every because I never got there I'm grateful again that I never got to I need this in my body I never got the sh I got the shakes but I never needed alcohol to get rid of them right? I started well there's... my health concerns were with my heart when I was twenty nine oh I, yeah so yeah, I'm lucky yeah I, I had issues. I was. 30 and I was in the hospital because I had pancreatitis and a bleeding ulcer that I almost bled to death from. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so that was my first moment of clarity. Like, would you say that your high school and college drinking was like... See, now this is an important part I went to why I think it's great that we're talking about this on two hosts from Delco because I think like you're saying your high school your college mm -hmm. our upbringing yes is a culture of binge drinking yeah and we binge drank together me and Tom and Beth, Beth we binge drank together our house. most of our friends from high school are now out 
alcoholics. Really? And a, a lot of people that I uh, know from Delaware County okay. are alcoholics, and yeah. or they're in the twelve step program. Yeah. Like, uh, it's it's not. I don't think it's uncommon. No, I don't either. I so don't here, let me tell you. Let me tell yeah. you the transition from when drinking went from fun. So not fun. There was mm -hmm. two things that happened within the same year. The one was I had an injury. I got my collarbone broken, and I was given oh yeah Percocets what, for where the first were, time. What I was at a school concert. You got your collarbone yeah, broken. Yeah, and I still at a tool and it was at the beginning of the concert bath, and I still have not seen Tool Live. But that's another <laughs> that's another part of my tragic life. Um, so that was when I was that's introduced cool. to opiates, which was like. Oh, oh my okay. God, like I thought alcohol was great. I was like, this is the answer to everything. Yeah. So like for about, for a few months, I was like trying to like, I would get like the pill, you know, get the pills from the doctor and be like, oh, it still hurts and like whatever. And, um, and then I finally was like, I can't keep doing this. You know, mm -hmm. after a couple months, I was like, I'm addicted to these pills. Mm -hmm. So I stopped taking them, but I started to like drink harder after that. Like the drinking mm. got like so so much worse after that and then there was an accident that happened that was like super traumatic in my life and then after that was after that I didn't really like trust the world anymore and I was very yeah, angry at, at the universe and just at the way things are and I basically said like I don't fucking care anymore so for the next five years that's when I mean that's when it started with like waking up in the morning drinking vodka out of the bottle you know like after mm -hmm. this incident happened but it was like those two things in the same year like where I had this physical addiction that happened that like really I'm sure changed me biologically and then um having something else happen that I couldn't deal with like psychologically and all of that together was just I, I didn't want to face reality anymore and I couldn't and I very much believed that I shouldn't have to like I believed out of like being humane that like I shouldn't have to feel the way I was feeling, so fuck you. Mm -hmm. You know, I really felt like I deserved to get rid of those feelings. Mm -hmm. No matter yeah. how it affected anybody else. And for no. that until I was sitting in rehab years later, I never was able to see at all how it affected other people. Mm -hmm. And you got prescribed those pills in what what year? Um, I I was. Were you in high school? No, I was 25. Oh, okay. I, this already, is when we, like, this I never is when really we did together. a lot of drugs or anything until like my later 20s. We like smoked, I was very scared pot. to try that. Like, yeah, I mean, there yeah. was well, that. Well, more, that pot. stuff was normal. Drinking was normal. Yeah. But like more than that was like Coke. Like that was hard drugs. Like Percocet, like that was yeah. hard drugs to yeah. me. Yeah. And I didn't touch those things. See, I didn't go into, uh, I didn't go beyond pot. Yeah. Weed. I didn't. I never went beyond uh -huh. that. I never went the uh, cocaine route. I never went the Percocet route. I never went the heroin route. I never uh -huh. went the uh, uh, um, any of those. It I makes just, it so much worse because you, when you're doing like coke or amphetamines or something, you can drink so much. See, my thing was like my friend and I was around that a lot uh, in my later, um, yeah. like 25 on, uh -huh. um, and I was always like when they were doing it, they were like, "Hey, what's on?" But I, you guys are a bunch of pussies. Oh, like, I, you need yeah, this shit to keep going. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I need this shit to keep going. Like, no, let's keep going. Man, what are you I doing? Did. No, it's really great, actually. I it's did like, yeah, out. I mean, like, yeah, I wouldn't... For me, like, so I only, I only did coke consistently for, like, a year of my 20s. Okay. And um, basically... Only for, what, like, a year. What? Yeah. <laughs> What? What are you guys laughing at? That's funny to us. 
<laughs> a year. One year. Rookie. Well, so, but here, let me tell you. Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> hey, look, I know I'm not as hardcore and fucked up as you two, but can I please share my drug experiences? Yeah. Um, yeah. I probably was there for them, but. Yeah, I mean, I actually don't think, I never did. No, you, there actually, that was that a weird was, time, because yeah. that's when I was doing, that's when I started doing the ends. Okay. Yeah, um, but when, well, I would say with Coke, it was like. I mean, for me personally, I was always like, I'm always like kind of, I am a pussy. I'm kind of tired. Like I'm like hanging out and I'm having a great time and everything like that, yeah. but I'm kind of tired, kind of yeah. bored. And then you do Coke and it's like, everything is interesting and you just want to talk all the time. Yeah. You want to talk about anything. You talk yeah, about over here. And also yeah. you do, it's great. You remember your memory is like sharp. acute it's like yeah it's very sharp and mm. you can talk about you just remember you could talk about your eighth grade social studies class or some shit wow and be able that to like yeah i mean coke. it's basically <laughs> being on coke is like being april um every day in her last episode it was like able to like reference all this shit at the drop yeah. of a hat and it's that's really thrilling but the thing is uh it's only lasts for like five minutes right <laughs> Hmm. So it's like this intense high, right? <laughs> and uh, you have to take a shit. Everybody who does oh. coke is pooping. Okay. Just yeah. So it's smelly. It's smelly. Ew. And um, then the other thing is, yeah. Like if I would go to a coke party, it was just the bathroom Ew. was disgusting. It smelled like shit. It was like yeah, everyone like it, it was taking a <laughs> shit as soon as they did their first like round of coke. And um, coke parties are really depressing, by the way, because it's like. Everyone's doing coke, but no one really talks about it at first. And then eventually the coke comes out on the table and everybody's doing coke. And it's like six in the morning and everyone's really cracked out. Yeah, and everybody's just all there just around the coke table. Well, you do coke long enough. And that's the other thing. So it's a very quick high. So you, and also your tolerance builds very quickly. So you need more and more coke. So, and it's expensive. So by the end of that year, I was like, this is actually a piece of shit drug and I want nothing to do with it. I just finished uh, Narcos Mexico. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And also, there's that, too. You're buying, when you're buying cocaine, you're participating in the one of the most fucked up black markets. It's a really great show. It's climbing the list of my favorites. I mean, we're talking about Honduran refugees. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're buying cocaine, you're supporting that shit. Sure. And... But so there's that, but also it's it's a piece I'm gonna of get shit. You that bumper and you didn't ever feel like like when you stopped, it was never like you would wake no, up. No, actually, about when it. I, it was like actually really no, hard. No, it no. wasn't that easy for me to stop. In okay. comparison to you guys, it probably would be. But like, so for instance, I realized beer was a trigger for me. Okay. As soon as I had a couple yeah. beers, I wanted to have coke. It's like beer and smoke. So yeah. I quit drinking, actually, too. So uh, I just stopped drinking because that made me want to have. And that was the other reason why I didn't want to do coke anymore, because I like drinking. Yeah. I like beer. Yeah. The boys, the girls, we drank beer, beer together. Beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, beer. So, I mean, I was like, coke is ruining beer for me. So I... <laughs> Um, but then I also had to like not drink for a while. So I actually just didn't drink. I didn't go out for like a month, maybe I would say. Yeah. I mean, I'm calling for my memory. I didn't do a program or anything like that, but I'm, again, like we're talking, I'm not, I don't think I am an addict. I think I have drug abuse. You would The know. typical <laughs> drug abuse problems of You've a, experimented the average like any human being. 
quote unquote, whatever normal means, yeah. uh, person. Yeah. Well, like, and I would say, and I do, I am able to take um, some drugs recreationally in a way that is very beneficial to my life. Like, for instance, I think mushrooms, which are a psychedelic drug, are are very beneficial in treating depression and mood disorder. And within doses, you don't, you're not like there's tripping a, your balls. There's a tripping program balls, that like, you do with the, it's, you just do it in a therapy session. Yeah. I like, think that's amazing. You know, and I do, and I believe in other psychedelic drugs that are used as therapeutic, um, in a therapeutic means. And I do not abuse that stuff. I do not take that stuff all the time or anything like that. I've also, you know, um, like that's basic. I've never done, I would never do heroin or anything like that because I do know that, um, I have a tendency, I have tendencies to be an addict. Like I, for instance, I'm an ex smoker. I love nicotine. I love that shit. And I, it's very hard for me. It was so easy for me to quit smoking for some reason. That see, like I never really even liked Coke that much, but like other things, um, uh, yeah, I still smoke. And you quit before. I have quit. And before. did you quit cold turkey? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you really should quit. I'm good. Well, <laughs> I would say like, uh, yeah, quit. If you quit cold turkey, it is actually most people who quit cold turkey smoking don't return to it. It's the yeah, people who it, use the nicotine patch that yeah. are more likely to react. Yeah, I didn't but, lose anything. I, yeah, I, I mean, that's why I was like, I'm just going to do cold turkey. And it fucking sucked. It was like, I, I mean, it was weeks of fiending. I had dreams of smoking. Uh, it was, like, me, it was yeah. the first seven, uh, 72 hours. Not to get off topic. But well, yeah. what, for smoking? Yeah, like cigarettes. the first 72 hours, and I was pretty good to go after that. Like, it was just about chewing gum. Like, not... Mm-hmm. Nicorette or any of that stuff. It was just regular uh, gum. But yeah, so. Um, what and else? Well, I what mean, else on so, so much on alcohol. Well, so how do you guys things. feel? Do you guys have certain times of year that are you think are harder? Or is it is it really, is it better to think of it as a day at a time? That it's not one really a certain time. time of year? One, it's, you know, you hear it all oh, one day at a time. Uh, but truly, <laughs> that that's the only way. Um, for me to be able to be successful in staying sober. Like, so, and I apply it to everything in my life. Well, mm-hmm. and somebody asked me uh, a couple of weeks ago, well, what are you going to do when you're 50? You can't be a 50 year old DJ. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, you can. And well, number one, you can, I mean, you'd be creepy and weird, but I've already got that down. So, <laughs> so for me, Wait, what he's already creepy. I'm already old. Oh, creepy. okay. But you yeah. nodded your head towards me. So, uh, no, you're just really you self-centered, Beth. No, it's just like, oh, I got that down. <laughs> Regardless. So, <laughs> so uh, I, you know, I don't worry about 10 years from now uh, yeah. or 11 years from now, 39. Um, yeah. You know, I worry about today. What do I have to accomplish today in, in, my, in my personal life, in my business life, yeah. in my uh, sober life? Like, what are the things that I need to accomplish today in order to be successful? Um, and when you apply it to everything in your life, it, it's easier, I think. Um, mm-hmm. and you can plan things like vacations and oh, I have, you know, scheduling, yeah. like I own a business, I have to schedule. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have to make sure all these shifts are covered at these bars and, and I work in the bar industry. I, I oh one, yeah, that's, I had one day. How is that for you? Not like, that, I mean, I'm not like a tooting of my own horn person, but I had one day sober and I had to go back to DJ at where I used to drink a lot. Yeah. Um, it was not frowned upon for me to drink when mm-hmm. I worked. It just wasn't. 
Um, that's the business. That's the bar business. Yeah, no, DJs, Quizzo um, uh, people. I always they're they're drinking. So for yeah. me, when that was happening, um, one day at a time was impossible to comprehend. Just mm -hmm. was. It is. It's hard for an alcoholic to comprehend because your brain it's doesn't work like especially that. Especially when you first get there. Everything it's is hard. like crashing in on yeah. you and it's impossible to, to like... Uh-oh. We just witnessed a car accident. I wonder if they're drunk. Well, actually, news will be here soon because that's a bus. Back of the school bus. Are there kids and there's there? kids on it. Oh my God. Kids Beth. in a school bus. Kids in a school bus. Everyone's fine, by the way. Beth, breaking news. Everyone, breaking news. Two of us from Delco. There's an accident out front of my house. We're on 29th Street. Dude, that you caught that audio, right? I don't know. I'm pretty I sure. Know. I was also worried that your car got hit, Tom, or you. Not me. You can get my car you want. It's life insurance. That's why I have I almost wish they did. But yeah, they hit the back of a school bus. Yep. They really did. They just rear-ended it. Rear-ended it. I don't think it's that bad. Maureen's got the uh, phone out for video evidence. Yeah, except I got Maureen's getting video. Maureen's getting video. Way. If you want to check out Maureen's Twitter, <laughs> Twitter that's at Mocom99. Mocom99, capital M, lowercase O, capital C, lowercase U, lowercase M, 99. Mo no space. We're just looking at this. Bus accident here. This was very uh, weird. That happened. I heard. Did you hear? I heard. Yeah, I was like, odd to happen at this intersection. I thought, like, I was like, did somebody run a red light? Like, yeah. How could it happen here? There's not uh, a lot but, of traffic. But back to what I was saying of one day at a time. Yeah. Um, it's hard to comprehend when you first get here. So for me, it was just about like I would talk to our grandfather on our mother's side, like. Please just help me. Like, I don't know if you're there or you can hear me. I don't pop, know what the hell's going. Pop up, Tom. Uh, please, just, if you, just help me not drink. And I ratted on myself. I told all the bartenders, servers, managers not to that I wasn't that. drinking anymore. I was going. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was seeking help. Yeah. Um, and they were all like, thank God. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I, I've stayed in this business and, and, and have been pretty successful, I would say, mm -hmm. uh, in doing so because I'm sober. If I was still drinking, there's no way that I would have these these clients, this business. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know where the hell I would be. A lot of times I think on this planet is probably not one of the places I would be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it's applying everything. It, it gets easier as you go. You just got to stick with it. You got to want it. You got to stick with it. Yeah. And if you stick with it and you keep, you just keep going and not picking up. Uh, a drink, you're you're gonna um, you're gonna get to a point where things get better. I mean, from the outside looking in, I could say for both Marine and Tom, I've only seen their lives get better. Right, as, as they're so. Oh yeah. So you yeah. asked, is and there a time? And it's really, is there it's a, really amazing to see. Is there a it's time really, of year that's tough? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so are there events? Yeah, sure. Uh, when you first like you're like thinking oh, first wedding. sober wedding. Oh weddings, my god, weddings, horrible for everybody. First sober Christmas wedding. Christmas Eve yeah. at, at NL's. Yes. Like, yeah. Yep, I was going to be tough. Like, yeah. You know, it's not really it's like very, anymore. It's the better now. Years, but we're drinking heavily on Christmas Eve. The first two years were pretty brutal. And look, is there, we're alcoholics. Tuesday was a time of year. Exactly, like, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the I used to have this up. poster in college that literally the eraser was invented. It was 365 reasons to drink. One for every day of the year. 
<laughs> and right. so the eraser was the Tootsie Rolls invented. Most of them were inventions. But like, yeah. you know. Most of them were. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but there was I a reason to drink counter. every single day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a reason to drink every single day. It's because it's what we do. It's like eating food. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's Our what we do. Our brains think it's more important than right. eating food. So it was it was time of year, sure. But it was, it, it's every day. It, 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 I don't want to paint it like every day is a yeah. good yeah. drink. But when you apply the one day at a time and don't think about Christmas, I mean, don't think about Thanksgiving, don't think about your right. birthday, don't think about... How am I going to be so drunk at that wedding? wedding. So many yeah. people right, say so many people say that. I can't imagine being drunk. I was oh, already God, drunk at my wedding. Be, right. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I have that advantage. If I get married yeah. again, I, which I probably won't, but if I ever did, yeah. you know, I was you already drunk be at present my wedding. For good. Yeah, I don't um, remember most of that money. I can... Not to make this about me again, but I can relate for all the other people listening who are like maybe trying to, to understand this. Uh, but I can relate when I quit smoking, where I would be like, I was thinking about all the future cigarettes that because every yeah, there was a, yeah, smoking's like an occasion. It's like you're like, oh, I need a break. I need or like, oh, same. I just finished a task. I'm gonna go smoke a cigarette, and same I was thing. like, what am I gonna do now? Yeah, like, what do you do after work? I mean, now I just go on Instagram when uh, I'm done a task it's, or something, so it's which actually isn't. Um, I wouldn't consider that healthy, really better. mentally. It's better. It's better. Well, it but still releases um, the what is it? The serotonin, the yeah, or yeah. The serotonin, like whatever that positive, um, like when you get a like and you're like. Oh. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's a thing. it is a thing. But so, in. but let's say if you're someone who's trying to get sober around the holiday season, I do think it might. Nah, I don't know. Is it harder because there's all those like everyone's having the holiday parties? Yeah, it's hard because there's drinking. a lot of events and people drink there. And you probably, at mm -hmm. least for me, there were parties that friends of mine had every single year that I would go and get wasted every year, and that was what like in our twenties. No, that was like one of the few times you got to drink with your friends. Yeah. Um, and then it was like once I got sober, I couldn't like go to those parties or dinners or whatever anymore. And I did lose touch with a lot of people. But the thing was, though, like I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to hang out with my friends and drink. Like I yeah. wasn't hanging out my with my friends for like three or four years before that because I was drinking. Yeah. That was all point. I did was just fucking get get booze and drink. And if uh -huh. you didn't want to drink around me, fuck you. Like yeah. you're not going to be around me Like because this is what that was all I was. At yeah. the end of being alcoholic. Yeah. Do you feel, is there, do you still feel like you can't go to those parties though? Oh no, I haven't felt like that in a long time. So like you're, you did, I feel like when you're freshly sober, it's probably a good idea not to go to those parties. I think or, though, it's good to have there, a, I would say take a sober friend if you can. If not, then like, let's say the party starts at seven. Go at seven and leave by nine. Mm -hmm. You know, before yeah. like the real drinking. Before the real and drinking begins. I yeah. would do that. Two with you times when you were first sober, I would be like, I would say, it, I can not drink, like, and be like sober at the party yeah. with you. To make it's you great more comfortable. to have And I remember you that. liked that. Yeah. You like, yeah. yeah. No, it's great. So for me, um, it's just, it's a reflective thing now. Like, and again, this is, I. I would never do that for you, Tom. That's fine. <laughs> uh, for me, I don't think you do. For me, it was, it's always been, it's a reflective thing so when i first got sober i had the benefit of having my brother mm -hmm. who was yeah. already 11 years sober right yeah so and he's 18 years sober now yeah um and he's regina george regina george the fact that he's only 18 months older than me he got sober when he was 21 years old i got sober when i was 
31 years old. Mm-hmm. So for me, anyway, it's not like going to those events now, like I just, it's reflective in that I can't imagine my life being as good as it is today. And, I, yeah. and that's, that's for me, I've, I've wanted this from day one. There's never been a day where I wanted to be drunk more than I wanted to be sober since I've decided that not drinking was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't imagine throwing that away. Is that to say that tomorrow that could change? Yeah, it could. Tomorrow mm-hmm. I could wake up, something could happen, and I could be like, you know what, I changed my mind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, but where I stand and sit right now here in this day, like by the time people listen to this podcast, I could have drank myself to death. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but for right now, I want this, and it's a reflective thing where it's like, I look at the years prior to mm-hmm. deciding to get sober versus the years since I've been sober, and it's not even close. Yeah. Night and day. And that's physical, mm-hmm. that's mental, mm-hmm. that's spiritual, it's emotional, um, it's all those things. So going to these events and being able to remember them and be present in them and mm-hmm. really enjoy myself, not through your guys' drinking, like, but like, I don't need to be drunk I always, to do like, some of the things y'all do. I yeah. like the bonus sometimes at these events of seeing some of these people falling over embarrassingly drunk and like to be able to see some people and be like, mm-hmm. oh my God, that used to be Welcome me. Which, to thank Friday God night. that's not me. <laughs> like, thank DJ. God I'm not passing <laughs> out at the fucking table anymore. Like, There was yeah. a girl two weeks ago. Uh, I was DJing. I went outside uh, to have a cigarette. It was like 1130. She's being, she, you know, 20-something, 25, 24, something like that. She's being put on a stretcher in, in Center City. Jesus. And she's slumped over hammer. Yeah. I mean. It's not difficult to drink everywhere. enough. It's not hard to drink enough to get, like, really sick from alcohol. It's, yeah. it's crazy. You see, I look in my business, in the line of business that I'm in when I'm in bars five nights a week. Mm-hmm. I see it. I mean, not the, you know, weeknights. I mean, not usually. Um, they're easier. I have my best friend get on some of them. Sure, absolutely. They're, <laughs> they're easier to spot on weeknights. Yeah. It's just the one guy versus the seven. Yeah. Uh, but on the weekends, you see it. I mean, you. Yeah. And then, I mean, I, yeah. Sometimes I go, oh man, like I wonder if they are. Like you wonder, and maybe they're just a binge drinker. Who right. knows? Like, I don't know if that's their life every weekend. Because I have yeah, yeah. friends looking back that I would have been like that person would be an alcoholic. That's not that are not alcoholics. Like yeah. just not over this phase of like hard drinking where for me, yeah. I couldn't let it go. Like I had to go get outside help to be able to say like, okay, like I'm not 21 anymore. Like getting yeah. drunk isn't going to fix all my problems on a Friday night. Yeah. But I would say, I mean, what do you, but what do you guys have thoughts on the binge drunk drinking culture that is Delaware County. Do you think that is an influence to your, yes. Yes. your, look, there's nothing to, what, I don't know what it's like now. I've been there, uh, on a consistent basis. Yeah. The, we're not teenagers in Delaware County anymore. Right. So I don't know what it's like today, but we are very good looking late thirties people. Correct. Mm, yeah. Uh, when we were growing <laughs> We all look exactly the same. <laughs> like not to each other, but one day we're in high school. So growing up, uh, yes, I would. Um, there was nothing to do. No. There was except nothing that's to what do. People had parties. We had people yeah. at our house all the time. And we oh, drank. Yeah. And it wasn't drinking. really, our parents didn't really do anything that about it. Didn't they didn't yeah. care. I didn't, I wouldn't say I drank alcoholically in high school at all. Like, and people are like, oh, well, you can be an alcoholic. That's a progressive disease. Mm-hmm. It gets worse oh, and worse okay. as yeah. the years go on. It I wasn't like you don't drink and then automatically oh, you're right. I mean, I was a, bad in high school. I was a horrible binge drinker in high school, but yeah. I didn't drink every day. Oh, like, yeah. I wasn't one of those right. kids. Like, I never had a weekend warrior. Because I had my parents. 
And I was a weekend warrior until well into my 20s. Right. And also, in college, though, and well, college still... was great, so, because I got out, I got to be, like, on my own, and Same. away from my parents, and I went out every yes. single motherfucking night. Same. Yeah. Correct. But you still uh, graduated with a 4.5 um, well, no, like a 3.7 or something. I, but then, like, straight I, I Yeah, kidding. I did well in school in spite of my party. I was yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah, after a year and a half. year and a half, I was booted. Or a year, I was booted. See, the thing, here's, like, the craziness of the alcoholism. Is like, and Cabrini like, is a, a binge-drinking college. Yeah. yeah. For sure. It's yeah. a party yeah. school. Like, Absolutely. I went to go visit you there once, and I was like, Oh, shit. Does anyone, anything get done? Yeah. Well, I didn't. Yeah. See, I knew that no, if I failed, I knew that if I failed at school, I would not be able to drink like that anymore and party anymore. So it was yeah. like how I was like allowed in my mind to drink like that. Yeah. Because I still did, and I still then had a job and all that jazz too for a long time. And that's so, not even anymore. And if alcoholism though is. Um, uh, do you guys think alcoholism is hereditary? Is it? I do. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, there's so, too much evidence. I think there's a biological element. Yeah. There's so too there's much definitely the something thing. in the water in Delco that creates so many alcohols. So, but here's the thing about that: like a lot of people go uh, through the same things that all three of us went through mm-hmm. growing up, binge drinking, underage drinking. You know, going to the bars, going to Casey's Trophy, mm-hmm. the Wave, yes. like going up. Right. So we all did those things and. And, and that's great. And yeah. we drank at the houses. And the yeah. friends had the party. And you run from the cops. And I didn't go to Casey's or I any of these places. Right. I did. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't cool. So. <laughs> you didn't even try to be cool like I did. Uh, no. I didn't live here when you guys were going to these bars. Because we were like, uh, in high school, there's no way I could even fake getting served at like. I guess in high school. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess it was in college. Yeah. yeah. So in high school, like, you know, we had. In college, I would have done it. Right. In high school, I didn't, I didn't live parties. here. So in, in, in high school, you know, we had house parties, whatever. But I yeah. think people, I think, again, whatever a normal drinker course. is. Did you yeah, go to the golf course? I did not. I was not cool See, you're not cool enough to, to go to the golf cool course. Either. Yeah. None of us have been cool to the golf enough. course. No. I was joking when I said Beth wasn't cool. We were none of us were cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, mean, a little bit cool. I was awkward, weird. Yeah, I we're was all drinking or awkward this way. Good sports, Taking it to Romeo and Michelle here, I'm going to say that we were class B. We were class, class B. We were B class. Yeah, I'm going to go C on myself here and uh, maybe 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 F. Like, I was okay. not cool. Nobody invited me out. Like You, yeah. had, you had cool friends. Who? Like, well, we can't mention their names uh, on the right. podcast. But I don't think they were cool as so much as like I drove. The, well, that's <laughs> like, cool. Yeah. Like, I, I drove. Like Tom drives. Those are the yeah, Tom drives. Cool. I drove. Um, so, anyway. I think people grow out of it. My my original point, like oh, you you think I some think people some people grow out of it. Out I think of they it. grow up, they get jobs, they become adults. Yeah. And for myself and Marine, that what, and I'll speak for myself. Yeah. That wasn't easy to do. It, it was it was impossible to do if uh-huh. I was still going to be drinking. I just could never grow the fuck up. Like yeah. bills couldn't get paid. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't mm-hmm. even cover like three hundred dollars a month's rent. Like I would, I, I couldn't cover. Wow, this rent. is like me now though. What, are you drinking all the money away, though? I mean, I can't really pay my rent, and I drink. Well, then I guess you need to get some Again, it's this not, is really again. awkward and not how I want to end this <laughs> so, these, so, these are, so these are circumstances. Yeah. That's all they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
All right. What's, what's your that life supposed would, to mean? Your life would not be where it is today if you were an alcoholic. I, yeah, and, and uh, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't it be able to work. just have a couple drinks. This, this is just a, you're just taking an example from what I just gave and applying it to your life, which is probably true, but yeah. it does. It's not Can you think life. about things other than alcohol ever? See, again, you say that. I'll think, I never, I'll think about I that. I never went down think that, about that path. Like you say, like, could you think about things other than alcohol? Yes. See, no, I See, but that wasn't right, my experience where it's like, and I've had this debate like quite often, like, oh, well, if you weren't addicted to alcohol. It's different like, for everybody. I, yeah, I wasn't addicted physically to alcohol. Right, like It that. was more of a mental obsession that did not exist on a daily basis. Yeah. But when I drank, bad things happened. Yeah. Every, almost every single time. And it just, it, you know, the consumption when I started, you could probably say is an addiction because once the first one was gone it was like holy shit like let's go let's get some whiskey in here let's get some beer in here like let's get this thing going and your brain doesn't yeah it doesn't comprehend consequences no it doesn't come and that probably applies everybody who gets drunk but I mean, that's like one of the stages of getting drunk is it inebriates you like so then why do some people do it responsibly get ubers whereas i alcohol shuts down your motor skills it shuts down your um cognitive thinking like like people go out and they responsibly do these things yeah responsibly go out i'm gonna get drunk tonight we're not driving i'm gonna get drunk tonight i'm gonna drive i mean anybody i want somebody will drive home well, yeah, I drive home. I rode my bike all the time. I drove home. Drunk. That's actually. what I did. I drove home. That's not safe. I know. I was actually thinking about like, but you drank and you would drink and drive all the time. Correct. But also, well, again, I was never. Otherwise, you'd be shaking. Yeah, I mean, I I guess like you again never outwardly seemed drunk to me, so I would always be like, I guess it's fine because he doesn't seem <laughs> like he's drunk. Right. But, and the way that I was so tolerant of that behavior mm-hmm. and accepting of it, mm-hmm. I think is emblematic of our upbringing. Sure. And the normalization sure. of bitch of of drinking, drinking and drinking. And home, yeah. yeah and I mean, home, there's an To the point where I'm kind of like, oh, somebody just had six beers. They they seem fine to drive to me. That, and that's, like, and that's not weird. Pulled over DUI. Oh, yeah. Jail, I mean, like, six, six drinks is, six beers is a lot sure. of fucking yeah. beer. You're yeah. Not, that's binge drinking. Yeah, absolutely. And that is like normal to me. And but now because I've seen the repercussions of it, mm-hmm. I've seen like, I mean, Regina George has gotten into car accidents, drunk driving, mm-hmm. and it's very fucking dangerous. And okay. now to the point like it's, but I still deal with it with friends who sure. think it's okay to drink and drive. I will not drive with someone. That's good to hear. Who drinks and drives? I do not think it's appropriate. I do. I don't care if you don't seem like you're drunk or you do it all the time. I don't fucking care. It's dangerous, and nope. you really shouldn't fucking be doing that. I mean, now from but, associating with people in groups, you know, like alcohol groups and stuff, um, I know people that have killed kids driving drunk. Same. That Same. must be horrible. That must be fucking horrible. From you know, yeah, that's whole family. Be able to live with it. So tragic. Family. Be able to live with myself. Whole family. Just got um, just got sentenced. It really takes a lot to be able to pull yourself out of that and then like get better. Wow. Those are things that for some reason never happened to me 
you can call it cosmic. You could say yeah. it's the universe looking out for me. If if you're religious, yeah. So do you don't think of yourself as blind. better than that person? No, you I'm lucky. Yeah, you consider yourself lucky. I'm just lucky. lucky. I would never be like, oh, I'm right. a better drunk driver than that guy. Yeah, no, I was lucky. You just yeah. got a, del- a different hand. I used to wait yeah. till the sun would come up because I didn't think people got DUIs in the morning. Oh my gosh! Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if I would stay at the bar. Like, you would be like, it's yeah. the next day. Nobody <laughs> gets DUIs in rush hour traffic. Yeah, like, nobody gets DUI right rush now. hour. Cops aren't looking for me. Yeah. I'm good. Like, yeah. But, you know, and I just got lucky to the point where I didn't get caught. Same here. And, and that's it. And that's really mm-hmm. all it has to do with. Um, yeah. But I would say, in, in, when we were talking about calling other people alcoholics in our household specifically, yeah. I think we grew up with somebody. I, when I do think somebody's an alcoholic, I, I will say they drank alcoholically yeah, like right and i would say our father was somebody who drank alcohol oh yeah and uh um you know so it was very normal for mm-hmm. us to think six seven eight nine ten beers visibly drunk. i mean i never yeah. counted but no but i'm saying like you got in the car I mean, we got in the car with 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 family members who have been drinking yeah. and drove us home yeah yeah it was very normal it was not abnormal um uh growing up and yeah. A lot of times you'll get into debate is alcoholism behavioral. Like, no, I'd say no. I think it's both. It's obvious to me that it's Environment, I don't think so because I, look, I didn't have the greatest childhood growing up. Mm -hmm. I don't think it played a part in any reason why I drank. But everybody's, you know, everybody's different. I have too many examples. See, I think Regina George would say differently. Maybe. I've seen too many examples of really good upbringings, really good support, uh-huh. apparently. Yeah. And they still end up being alcoholic because they have the disease. Well, I think some people, like, so, have it. And then also then some people grow up. Then you have the circumstances. So you have the person mm-hmm. A who is, let's first, lack of better way to say, an alcoholic. Born an alcoholic. Person B who's not born an alcoholic. They grow up in the same house where they're exposed to alcohol. One becomes an alcoholic, the other one doesn't. But if they grew up in a house where there was no alcohol, maybe neither of them would become a full-blown alcoholic. Disagree. If they're never exposed. I believe with hmm. example A being not an alcoholic or being an alcoholic, right? Yeah. The first example of the brothers, whatever, uh, has it and B doesn't and they grow up in the same house. Two examples, one house where they drank all the time and a becomes an alcoholic and then one house where they're never exposed to it and A doesn't become an alcoholic, disagree. I think A is an alcoholic through and Either through. Either way, whether they Either drink way. or not. I whether they drink yeah. or not. And if they do take that first sip of alcohol at some point in their life, it's, it's activated. It's going to catch up to them. Well, yeah. it's, no, no. It's activated. The disease is activated in the brain and you continue and it progresses. That's my belief. Again, there's no... There's no science. No, I mean, not that I'm aware of. Well, that's the thing. That's like like the ultimate thing lately for me when I think about how I'm progressing forward with like my recovery from alcoholism and other issues that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's, it's tough to, um, now I, I actually completely lost what I was saying. Shit. (laughs) Like defining the disease. Oh, so like, I'm yeah, sure you're I into think, the psychology um, of it, well, the science that's the of thing it. Is, like, there's really nothing, there's no like scientific evidence that says one way works better than another way to get mm-hmm. better from this disease. Right. And there's like contention and people argue about the different ways that you should do things. And like really it comes out to everybody's different. And I think it goes back to like what Tom said earlier about like just something inside of you. Like you have to want to stop drinking or you have to be like, I'm over it. Like the last time that I 
was drinking. It was so fucking awful. It's like I finally internalized the fact that, like, that's just a miserable life for me. Like, waking up in the morning in a sweat and a panic and having to, like, oh, my God, what if, if I didn't even have alcohol? That would be horrible. I would have to walk to, like, the liquor store at 9 in the morning with the shakes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody yeah. everybody um, has to – I think it, it – occurs in different people in different ways and needs to be treated in different Mm -hmm. people in different ways and I think that like you should you need to throw everything at it that you can and like there's things that are like I guess we know that there's biological changes that happen and there's medications that can help correct this and then you have like another group of people that says like no like you shouldn't put anything in your body and you should follow this spiritual path Hmm. and like that will cure you but like for me like I feel like you know, there's like this anecdotal evidence over here where I've seen people change their lives and just completely be completely abstinent, all no drugs, like just kind of like start to be a spiritual person and like those people stop drinking. And then like sometimes that doesn't connect with other people and like then they're just kind of like stuck out there with like this biological issue that maybe could benefit from a medication that's like scientifically tested mm-hmm. you know it's just it's yeah that's just, what it's i'm extremely saying extremely difficult to know we're not there the yet to do. We're, are we there yet no then that's okay. why it's like you know it because it's not ask. like you can prove yeah like it's you could prove like genetics like you have parkinson's in your family so you're genetically predisposed to have parkinson's right. or ms or some a disease like that i'm saying is it proven that alcoholism now i know that we don't do research on this podcast and what we do is we just think about things in our mind and we talk about it from there but is there a defining like is there answer is there a gene that it makes someone prone to be an alcoholic versus i can get the internet i can get the internet to tell me anything i want that's true i can get the internet to tell me that even though i'm an alcoholic drinking is okay yep like, there's because you can you get can the say. internet to tell you whatever you want. So who's right? Who's wrong? Yeah. It, it goes into well, everything else say, in our world. You know, uh, scienceisright.com. Right. Right. But you have different. Have, you have different people. Different scientists doing different. Well, nobody argues that Parkinson's isn't a genetic um, trait. Well, but that, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about alcoholism. I can get people to tell you that it is. I can get people to tell you it isn't. Scientists, medical professionals. Okay, okay. So we're saying it's not conclusively proven. No. No. Okay, all right. That's what I wanted to just... Yeah, that's why I don't believe... Like, you can go in and and, and the doctor can go, Oh, looks like you got some alcoholism there. You know, I don't... Like, we're going to take some blood to see if you have alcoholism. I mean, I feel like... I don't think a doctor can diagnose it. I just don't. I think that that eventually they can. And I think it would be great if they could because then... I'm not saying it would be great. I just don't think they can. I think the only person who can diagnose is the the person themselves. You have to be willing to admit you are this. Mm -hmm. An alcoholic. Yeah, in order to... In order to recover, you need to understand that you are an alcoholic. And if Mm -hmm. you can't do that, you are not going to be sober. And and I might need to respond to some fucking emails about that. But I truly... That's what I believe. I believe you need to understand that you are this thing. Mm -hmm. I think so too. And unless you do... Look, for me, it takes some steps. I don't know. We'll say like 12 of them. So, <laughs> in order for me to be able to stay sober mm-hmm. in a daily, in a 24-hour period. And that's, you know, but I also understand that I am an alcoholic. Like, mm-hmm. and if the doctor would have told me that, okay, 
And you have to be willing to, talk to, to prove do it. Prove it. Prove it. Where, where's the proof, bro? Yeah, yeah. No, you know? that's what I'm where's saying. The proof? It would be yeah. great if they could take the blood. It'd be blood. amazing. No, and they were like, that. yeah, it would be amazing. You know, yeah, yeah it would. That would be awesome yeah. if they could take your blood and be like, oh, yep, you got some alcoholism. We yeah. Need to, uh, yeah. We need to do something about that. Give me a little pill or something. Fortunately, yeah. this is a consequence. Like depression is a genetic thing. Right. That is genetically sure. predisposed. Mm-hmm. Mental illness is genetically predisposed through your family history. Right. And saying that this is a mental illness, I'd feel more comfortable if a psychiatrist one well, day could diagnose this because I believe it's a mental Oh yeah, no. I mean, illness. I I I find that to be one of the most interesting things about alcoholism. It's mm-hmm. one of the most prevalent diseases in our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, millions and millions of people suffer from alcohol abuse, and we. It still seems like it's kind of a mystery. It on is. It really how is. to treat it, like psychologically and also mm-hmm. medically, and and you'll have you varying know, opinions in. The field, mm-hmm. uh, the medical field, whether it's psychiatry or, or um, you know, doctors like uh, medical doctors, uh, mm-hmm. you'll have, um, you know, you'll, you if you want if you're more if you want more about it, you Google that stuff and you'll find a bunch of information about it and, and a bunch of different opinions and yeah. and it is very much still a uh, we don't really know yeah no we don't know and mm-hmm. and it's like I've had different opinions about it at different times in my sobriety about what is causing this to happen with me, what's going on with me, how do I approach this. I mean, like, my beliefs today are different than they were the first time, you know what I mean, after I went to rehab the first time. And I was, I mean, at that time, like, I wasn't working. I was going to, you know, like, groups all the time, and I was, like, very enveloped in the the recovery lifestyle because Mm -hmm. I literally, I, I had never, since I was 15 years old, like, since I started drinking, I had no idea how to like be in a room with another person sober and like just talk to them. Like I didn't know how to interact with the world without drugs and alcohol on board. And, right, like, and that's because that mainly time, you're a Capricorn. That's really why. Why do you say that? Because you, a Capricorns, don't want to express their afraid to express oh, their feelings. Yeah. So, I mean, at that, there was a time when, like, I had to have, like, people all around me, and if I was alone, like, I felt scared that I was going to drink or something Mm -hmm. like that, Um, and I also felt like I couldn't be around people or, like, I wasn't fun when I was sober or something, and then, like, as time progressed, I realized I do better without drugs and alcohol, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, in my life, like, I do better. Um, I, as your um, best friend, um, one of your best friends... I enjoy hanging out with you sober. I enjoy so it better than too when uh, you're drink- when you're drinking. Well, because when you're drinking, you can only focus <laughs> on getting drunk, and you can't focus on the people that are around you. True. True. Also, I guess I wanted to because um, you guys were discussing this uh, before we turned on the podcast, and I was like, "Save my brother podcast." And now we're ending here. The, we're gonna we, we should round this off. We've been talking for like an hour now, but. Um, I wanted to have you, if you don't, if you're comfortable with it, discuss, like, because you were saying when you were first getting sober, you were in a 12-step program, and that was, like, you were doing that. And recently, um, you're, um, you went through a relapse, and you're sober again now. How many months now? Um, 15 and three weeks. 15 and three. Oh, sorry to make you do toddler months. Oh, well, yeah. Like a year. I have to pull out my phone. You're a year. You're over a year sober now. 
and uh, and now Again. you're you're not doing you're not doing the meetings every the twelve right. thing. So like, what what is going on there? What um, would you say has I, changed for you? It didn't like click with I I it didn't click with me this time. I think that um, at this point I am like. I didn't have to have, like, my hand held, you know, all the time just to be able to walk out the door and go to work. Like, I already had a job. Um, I had, like, a pretty stable relationship with my family. Um, they had become aware that, like, I had relapsed. But, like, it was very different than, the, like, the first time. It was like, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? And I was so lost. And I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But now, like, I know what to do. Um, but I think that, like... Because I'm not doing anything, like, I think that I could have a better quality of life with, like, more people around me. And for me, I think partly because of whatever's going on with me mentally and, like, my addictions, I benefit. Even though I want to be alone a lot of the time, I benefit from being around people. And, like, right now I'm lucky because I have this structure in my life because of work. And, you know, and it's, like, I, um, it's, like, easy for me to stay sober right now because of that, but as soon as I have a lot of free time, like, that's the dangerous part, um, and that's why I feel like there should be supported in your daily life. Yeah, like, I feel like when you're going to groups, exactly, you feel supported in your daily life, and there's, like, something that's really difficult to describe that happens, just talking about your day and listening to other people, like, I don't know, I feel lighter after that because like you when you go into a room and you hear other people's problems, you realize how fucking dumb your problems are. Mm-hmm. You know, and even if you are going through something really, really serious, like there's somebody else that's like going through something that you feel like you would never be able to go through, and then you realize you're going through what you're going through and you're getting through it and you're doing it sober. And I think that, you know, that like helps you to get the strength to have like another day. Where when you're spending a lot of time by yourself, mm-hmm. You just get inside to your own thoughts, and you're you don't you tend to feel sorry for yourself. And you so you currently aren't doing the thing where you go and talk. No, no, right. and I should be because yeah. for a while, well, for a while, I was going to a therapist, which I think would like be okay to do, but mm-hmm. like I'm not doing that anymore. So I can and definitely. Then you were doing the Buddhist temple thing, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, there's a there's a thing um, that's actually a. a Buddhist meeting for people in recovery. Um, it's on Wednesday nights in out of town, and that is an awesome, awesome meeting because you meditate as part of the meeting, and meditation for me is another thing that's really helpful, and I do do that um, because... You do do it? I do do that. Um, not as much again as I used to, mm-hmm. but um, it's like when you're meditating, you realize like that was going on in your brain if you get like an impulse to do something, like that's not just what you have to go do. Like if I'm meditating a lot, if I'm meditating often, I can see that my thoughts are just thoughts and like that impulses are just thoughts and that I don't need to necessarily, I don't need to go get that bottle of vodka or I don't need to go get that pint of ice cream, which is like currently the issue that I'm dealing with is like my eating issues. No, I have like, I have like Uh, a food addiction. Um, there's like a place that is up the street from me called Rye Brew and they have this homemade ice cream there. Do they? It's, it's really good. I'll have to try it sometime. Okay. Not today. We'll do it sometime. Uh, am I enabling you by no, no. ice cream? No. It's... But I think that's really interesting, the meditation thing, where you begin to recognize thoughts. That your thoughts as... aren't real. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting. 
Because also they say that when trying, it's like a cognitive therapy. Yeah. Like in cognitive therapy, if you have an impulse to do something, you like think about it to a point where you realize that you're in control of that impulse and that yeah. it's just an impulse. It has nothing to do um, with anything. It's like the chemicals in your brain. Well, and then it changes the chemicals in your brain to function. Like if you right. want to be sad all day, you can make yourself sad by all day by thinking about being sad all day. Exactly. You know, that's like, a really good way to put it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like the only way I, I can put it because I have very poor vocabulary and um, I'm stupid. But uh, I would my my final question for you guys. Uh, not were you going to say something? Not to cut you off. Um, I was. I'm wondering. Did you do you have any online communities where you find support? Uh, I mean, there's a, there like, anywhere you go, like, you'll find people, like, I, there's people on Twitter that will just be like, I have whatever many days today, and you get to be like, congratulations, I have this many days, and even that does help. Oh, okay. Um, I, it helps me a lot, mm -hmm. um, just to know that there's other people who, they have to, there's other people in the world who have to really struggle to not take a drink for a whole yeah. day, you know, like, people who are not alcoholics don't understand that, like, for alcoholics... It's like, holy shit, I made it through a day without drinking. Like, not people who are not alcoholic will be like, well, what do you want, like, a cookie for doing what everybody else does? And, like, it is. It's that hard for us. And one of the other difficult things to swallow, if you will, about being alcoholic is accepting the fact that, like, even though I work so hard all day to not drink, like, I don't get a special fucking prize for that shit. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't get, like, somebody at the end of the day, like, for another day, you didn't drink. But, like... As time goes on, you everything in your life changes in in a positive way that like yeah. you I really think that's can't your brain can't imagine it like when you're in the midst of drinking. Yeah, um, it you you can't imagine the kind of happiness you would have not drinking. When I was quitting smoking, though, I guess I was just pointing. I did go to quit smoking forums like on Reddit or something like that, and people it's just people complaining about how much it sucks to quit smoking and what they're going through within their withdrawal and reading and participating in those forums helped me. Good. Like it was always like when I really wanted a cigarette, it just really helped me to like hear other people be like, I'm with you. Like I want a cigarette so bad right now. And then there'll be like, someone else will be like, you could do it. Like I'm at like three months and it's like so great. And I'm just saying that, that actually legitimately helped me quit smoking. It does help. So, I, you know, my, like our experiences with drinking, our experiences with sobriety are, are different than recovery. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, but I still feel the need to have to seek uh, uh, 12 steps uh, meetings mm -hmm. and uh, attend those on a regular basis, regular basis being uh, four to five a week. Um, like I said earlier, I believe uh, uh, helping uh, somebody else and not having to focus on mm -hmm. me is when I'm at my best, and that's when I'm the best version of Tom mm -hmm. that there is, mm -hmm. is when I'm not thinking about me and I'm helping other people, whether it's other people or other alcoholics, whatever it may be, um, that's when I feel like I'm at my best, that's when I feel my best. Mm -hmm. um, so there is something to be said about what Marie was saying about that connection. Um, you know, uh, so I also so I need to seek those things out. Um, I need to uh, be in constant contact with my uh, uh, sponsor, uh, mm -hmm. with somebody who helps me, um, and I am in constant contact with that. Um, 
these are all things that I need. And Marie was saying, like, when you get a day, you get a day. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a huge deal. Um, you know, and I'm of the mindset where I, somebody's like, oh, I stayed sober for another day. I'd be like, good, that's what you're fucking supposed <laughs> to do. Like, I'm not the patchy on the back mm-hmm. mindset. I'm yeah. I thought that this very uh, older gentleman in these fellowships were very hard on me when I got uh, to these places and went mm-hmm. to these uh, meetings where you talk about things. Um, and they were very, they were very hard on me, and you know, yeah. uh, and I am in turn um, hard on, on on somebody who's who's just coming around. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's not easy. Yeah. It was easy. Everybody would fucking do it. Yeah. It was easy. Everybody would stay sober. It's not fucking easy. No. Yeah. But you, if you need a cookie at the end of the day, fuck you. What but, about the toe gas? <laughs> I think if That's you need, get a, need a cookie at the end of the day and you didn't drink, you should totally up the cookie. Yeah. Uh, you should have the cookie. That's the world we live in today. Everybody needs, Everybody a, fucking needs a fucking cookie. Everybody needs a fucking reward for what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, Tom <laughs> is not a millennial, by the way. I no. He just lived it. Fuck no. And he, but Tom, I think. I hate him. Yeah, but you know what else you hate? What? Mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise. What? I do. I have it on my turkey and cheese oh my uh, sandwiches now. Yeah. Wait, when is this? That, this is, uh, yeah, yeah. I still don't eat seafood. Uh, Tom, so I once had you, like, that. practically throw a hoagie at me because yeah. I had mayo on it. Yeah. I still will throw a hoagie at you. What kind of hoagie? I mean, it's you, oil. It doesn't need mayonnaise. Yeah. I like talk, mayo. We with talked turkey. about the Wawa episode. It was yeah. an Italian hoagie, yeah. and I got it with mayo. It's and with mayo. Tom, like, that's a gross. so gross. It's disgusting. So gross. Vomit. Get the oil. Get the mayo out of here. There's no Italian mayo on it. On a turkey hoagie, I can do with, I, with the mayo. Was I went through a stint where I liked getting mayo on my Italian hoagie. That's disgusting. I I don't know why. I loved it. I I actually kind of thinking about it now. I think I might just do. I might get an Italian hoagie with mayo on. I haven't done it in like (coughs) years. Marine's choking on my dick right now. My mayo covered hoagie dick. I'm your sis. You're my sis. No, but to get back to our point, millennials are the worst. I thought I was going to really get you to be Gen X by having you proclaim you hate mayonnaise because I thought you hated mayonnaise. That's a Gen X thing? Uh, Yeah, so there was an article in the Philadelphia magazine where this writer just went off on millennials and talking about how they don't like mayonnaise. And it was, it's really hilarious, and it became like a mini meme on Twitter. Oh, oh okay, so it's not, okay. It's important. Yeah. It's important. Very and important. Memes are so important. Memes yeah. are our culture. Memes they dominate. So memes important. are the days of our lives. Memes help me stay memes sober. Memes are the memes. I like the ones that just say, don't drink. Don't drink. Don't drink today. It's going to be okay. <laughs> You'll end up under a bridge. Yeah. Kurt Cobain <laughs> lived under a bridge. Kurt Cobain's dad from a heroin, well, no, from a suicide, apparently well, suicide. You should, yeah. a, you should do a Let's murder mystery. Let's talk about that, Marine. Let's should... talk about that. Kurt How did he shoot himself in the head 
after just shooting up a You need to do a murder mystery episode because Courtney Love totally killed him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty. Because that was, you just said heroin overdose corrected yourself and said shot in the head. And that's because they found him with a needle in his arm. But how the fuck do you shoot yourself in the head after? Next time on Two Hoes from Delco. So I can't talk, but yeah, we need to. We've been talking about for like an hour. Right. Yeah, wrap Thank it up. Thank you for having Close, me. Closing thoughts. It. Yes, Thank you so I haven't much. seen Tom in years. It's been a long, long we, time. We were boys when we were kids. We were. We, were we used cool. to drink together in the yes. early blossoming days of our alcoholism. Yes, we did. Did you guys so ever make out? Oh, fuck, I was so hoping that this would not come up. It's a, did you? <laughs> well, I, it once in Ohio, and it lasted like two Ew. seconds. And both of us. I've always told you about this. All right, but wait, you guys made out once in Ohio, and then what happened? You guys were like, I don't remember Ohio at all. <laughs> really? No. No, it was like a one-second thing, and then we both were like, this was just wrong. No, I don't remember you Ohio don't remember at all. That? No. Oh, because it was a big deal, because we were like, what? Are we, like, are we going to tell Beth? I like, remember. Like, got, like, really awkward, I and then we just both, like, laughed about it. I remember. Because Tom and I hung out a lot. I'm definitely the sister that, like, was, like, I hated when he dated my friends. Because he, he dated all of them. He dated, <laughs> and he dated <laughs> all of them. This is not what I was brought here for. <laughs> this isn't a goddamn ambush. No, I, uh, my dad's apartment. In, in the Poconos? No, in, in Drexel Hill. I don't remember this at all. Oh wow! This is this is post divorce. Hey kids, this is alcoholism. Are you sure that's me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna Thanks figure this out. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this very long, very very long episode of Two Hosts and Delco. And thank you, thank you, Calvin Klein Obsessions Perfume. Uh, for sponsoring this episode. Obsessions. 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 Podcast. Do do Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Whorehouse on the hill. From Delco. Whorehouse on the hill. Oh yeah, that's the whorehouse on the hill. Two hoes. Two hoes. Don't roll your skirt too short. Everybody's gonna wanna be up in that shorts.